Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 116. We're a pop culture podcast that talks about pop culture things. And sometimes <laughs> there's whiskey. My name is John, and I am joined, as always, by Andrea. How's it going? Good, good. I, uh, I'm sorry. I gave a little chuckle there because I was very impressed with the way that you said Popcast, podcast, pop culture, all very close it's, together. You didn't stumble. What a tongue twister. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I haven't had anything to drink yet. So, you know, the tongue is is uh, snappy, but it right. is a, some redundancy Tight. that I should probably Tight. eliminate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I've never noticed it uh, just until right now. And I was like, oh, man. I'm, on, I'm anticipating I'm on the edge here. Now he made it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should just add a few more in there and I'm really right. nail it down. It'll be a thing each week to see if, uh, see yeah. how bad I stumble. So. Well, flying colors this week. Good job. Perfect. Well, yes, we're here. We're going to talk about pop culture things. We've got some news, not a lot, but uh, some Disney earnings report stuff. Real exciting there. We won't get into the numbers deeply or anything like that no. just maybe what it means for us yeah uh <laughs> for viewers and such we'll have um, some manhwa some webtoons reviews new series is uh, starting up now for us this week so mm -hmm. we'll have um, a couple of those and then later in the episode we're gonna have westworld season four we're continuing our way through that we have um episodes five and six mm -hmm. of season four so, yeah, when we get to that part, we're going to be all spoilery. So hopefully um, you've all been following along, watching Westworld, giving those views, letting Zaslav know we want Westworld to stick around. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> Save the shows. Yeah. But uh, before that, we'll have our weeks and drink holidays, right? Woohoo! Favorite part of the show. Uh, kicking it off in on August 9th, it was World Aiju Day. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Okay, cool. Go Say me. So, yeah. mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Celebrating, yay or nay? Nay. Nay. I All remember right, I this coming around last year now, and <laughs> I I should make a point to try to find some. I mean, I, I did. have a whole year I remembered... to do it now, but... I remember to add it to the show notes a little bit earlier this week because last week I think I was a little like remiss in adding what was mm. coming up to like let you know. But I was also like, ah, oh, there are like 12 holidays. I'm sure John's going to find something. But yeah, this week I was <laughs> like, no, no, no. These are like unique. There's only two. I got to get it in there, especially if John wants to celebrate. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I am not. Are you? I am not. No. Uh, but we've got another shot here. Uh, August 13th, just a couple of days ago, it was World Prosecco Day. Prosecco. Any chance you were celebrating that? Nope. It sounds good, though. <laughs> I love it. Sounds good. No. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you? You got the bubblies? I do. I do have a little bit of bubbly. Nice. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Um, no, I, I, have a, I have a beer this evening. It's been, a, it's been a minute. I love it. We've got some very like international holidays going on. Baiju and Prosecco and John's like beer. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a beer. Yeah, I've had some <laughs> some cocktails last few weeks or whatever. And so 
beer this week. Um, Sounded not good. a lot. Refreshing. Yeah, well, you know, I don't have a ton of beer right now to choose from. I haven't gone beer shopping in a while. But this one fits thematically for Westworld. Mm. So All right, this is, got? yeah, this is um, a uh, glitch in the Matrix IPA. Ooh, nice. So perhaps you recall those, yes. Um, yes. Definitely was getting some Matrix vibes at points in. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in Westworld, for uh, sure. Watching them this week, so for we'll kind of sure. get into that later. But yeah, yeah, Westworld seemed to pull from kind of a variety of inspirations this week, mm-hmm. and I'm not mad about it. I feel like there sure. were two solid episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't really notice. I didn't really looked at it too closely before, but they have the Matrix uh, sort of code falling down on the can here and such the ones and zeros but they've intermixed hops little hop icons ah, uh, into, nice. the, into the codes so you probably it probably won't focus and you won't be able to see it oh, oh focus. No, no. Okay. there we go yes and even neil's uh, face is like a hop yes a texture to it so dig it yeah. mm-hmm. dig it that's pretty great yeah mm-hmm mm-hmm so well, anyways. how is it? Have you had this before, or is this a new try? I have, for you? but I have, but it's been a while. So okay. yeah, it's still good. It's uh, by Bent Brew Stillery. It says, "Oh yeah, Brew Stillery." I like so, that place. Uh, hazy, hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, all right, drinks better than your water last week, Andrea. I know, I know. Oh <laughs> man. I think we've I think we've all had that one week where we're just like, I don't know, it's water or you know. Yeah. <sighs> yep. Yep. It's all right. It happens. I watched some shows recently, some YouTubers and such that are stream multiple times a week and they're always drinking. I'm like, man, <laughs> I I can't keep up. Our it, ours is I mean, you we- know, our, we did have a time where we were two a week, so I know. we were doing the mm-hmm. multiples. I mean, not like crazy, but you know. Yeah. We were yep. getting there. Yep. I'm healthier now. <laughs> <laughs> Fitness trainer would be so proud. Yeah. Right. Mike, where are you at? Um, <laughs> all right. Well, how's your week been? Been good. Been good. Uh, still keeping up with all my outdoor sports activities. Um, so those take up a bunch of my time. Speaking of um, health, yep. Yes, indeed. Speaking of keeping healthy, um, we oh we took our new puppy. So we used to when we had Ivy take her to Wednesday volleyball to watch, and we took our new puppy to Wednesday volleyball. She was a champion, just like laid down, nice. watched us, like you know, was just like looking at the other park goers, not a peep out of her. So. <laughs> Yeah, she's nice. she's a, definitely a volleyball dog. So that's good. That was fun. Does, doesn't want to chase after the volleyball. No, no. In fact, like a volleyball literally went right to her, and she just sort of was like, "Guys, guys, <laughs> what what is uh what's happening? What do I do with it?" <laughs> so nice. Yeah, she's she's definitely like a tennis ball chaser, but I think the, right. the large volleyball was definitely like okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. That was pretty fun. Um, but in terms of like more pop culture-y things that I've done, um, I've read some more of Knife of Dreams, trying to like keep on that Robert Jordan train so I can get it all the way to the end. 
I need to do it. I need to do it. This is the farthest I've ever gotten. So yeah, need yeah. to keep that rolling. Um, I started watching season three of Never Have I Ever that just dropped on Netflix. Um, which if you haven't seen it is a series from uh, Mindy Kaling following a high school girl and kind of her both like day-to-day romantic life tribulations, but also like struggles with her family um, after her father has recently passed away, which I don't think I'm giving spoilers because you learned that in the first two minutes. So sure. Right. So like first two minutes can't be like spoilers. I don't know. So anyway, started season three of that. That has continued to be quality. Haven't, gotten too far in the season but i really like it so far um and then yeah i kind of had had myself a few webtoon days where i just caught up on old stuff that i'd been neglecting for a while okay tried a couple of new webtoons um and then of course read uh solo leveling and uh maybe meant to be which we'll be talking about later and then yeah rounded it out with westworld so cool yeah yeah busy week so oh I also, so sorry, <laughs> I didn't mention it because it's like, I, I didn't like consider it pop culture, but shame on me. I also watched Trolls 2 World Tour. Oh, wow. For the first time. Nice. So. Okay. Yes. Yes. How Apparently that? it was a travesty that I had not seen it. It's actually oh. pretty great. It's okay. actually pretty great. Okay. So. Hey, did you used to play with Trolls? I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like go crazy collecting them or anything, but I definitely had yeah. a couple of troll dolls. Um, yep. And I think that they had, you know, interactions with like my Barbies and my G.I. Joes yeah. and my Ninja Turtles. Right. Like it was just like, you know, everybody's welcome to be in my, you know, pretend fantasy right. world. Like we can yes. all just have like stuff going on. So, yes, my sister and I definitely had like the Barbie house with Barbie and Ken, but then trolls and Ninja Turtles and dinosaurs. It definitely was absolutely all hands on deck kind of affair. Absolutely. So. Yeah. The, I think the only things that were separate were like my Polly pockets. Like, cause those okay. were like so freaking so tiny small. that you couldn't, yeah, you couldn't really like play with anything else. They were just so tiny. So you just couldn't really like, have there be any interaction it was really hard to just like have a troll doll talking to this like one inch little right. Polly pocket doll so but yeah I, I, i'm just i'm just like things. put on pause right now because alan shared in our chat this meme that i don't know what it means i, I i'm at a loss this gif um, i feel like i know this so i'm sorry chat Oh, troll! troll. Oh, okay. Yeah. Troll to the movie now. That is that is definitely sadly not what I watched. Very different. <laughs> yes. Looks hilarious and awesome. Uh, no, I watched Trolls too. Okay. Trolls okay. World Tour. Well, maybe it should have been back to back next Joe. time you watch Troll Two. Right. Right. Just mm-hmm. yeah. To- totally would not have scarred you know the children that I was with. <laughs> <laughs> no. Totally would have been fine. So are you going to, because I have not started yet, but I am intending because 
the most anticipated show for sure, Rings of Power, you know, I'm very excited, um, yeah. is coming soon. And I intend to read for sure the appendices, which is based upon before mm -hmm. the show hits. And I also would like to rewatch at least the trilogy. Um, are, I mean, are you planning such a such an endeavor, such an event? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I am. Because we don't I have mean, all that long. We have like this month. I think it's early September, right? That uh, I think Rings right. comes out, some of that. Right. So. Yeah, September 9th. Something like that. Oh, that was like second, but yeah, it could be. Yeah. Early September for sure. So. Yep. Hmm. I just, I just really want to have it fresh in my mind what like real Tolkien is like when I go right. then to watch Rings of Power. Right, so I just can to be like crush mm, it. Yeah, <laughs> what's what's this? What's this about? Or be or be shockingly surprised. You know, you don't know. But could probably. I mean, you could also be a mix of both at this point. Yep. Like, who knows? There's just. I mean, my expectations are all over the spectrum. Yep. Yep. I'm. I mean, I'm looking forward to maybe the music. I think that mm -hmm. is something. But like, there's been it's been telling where uh, I guess they can't. It seems legally they can't say hobbits. So their no. little people are Harfoots. And they're trying to distinguish no. like Harfoots are a type of hobbit. No, so, no, no, yeah. no. They've been saying no. Harfoots everywhere. They're different than hobbits. So why would, would you even do it? Don't even put them in there, right? Yeah. Like, if you didn't get permission or you can't say it or whatever, like, first of all, I don't know why, like, the Tolkien family sold partial rights like that. That seems really strange. But anyway, moving past that, if you can't do it, just don't do it. It's weird. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Just it, like, don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Does it make you consider, like, your, your own estate? Yeah, I feel like this has to make creative people that have ip property that they've developed poured everything their lives into and then like what happens to that when you're when you're gone because you reach a point where a couple generations on it's a good chance whoever is in charge of that doesn't care or at least right. not like you it's like it's a source of income now you know and i don't right. know that i'm not saying i know the token family or anything like that just in general anyways like you you know I don't know. What do you? What would you do? You own some sort of giant thing, and you just be like, "I'm just going to steal it off." No one gets the rights. How do you manage that? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it would be, it would be so situational. I think, you know, because mm -hmm. you would have to think, you know, who who among my family might I know who cares? Who seems to care about this? You know, even a fraction as deeply as I do. If there's no one. Then yeah, I think you just say like, "Sorry, gotta gotta yep. cut it off," and it is what it is. And I'm so sorry, but you know, I just can't take that risk. If you do sense that you know, so a family or somebody super close who you really trust does have that same like care and sense of detail and you know, creative preservation, I'll say, because you know, you want to give somebody a little bit of room to breathe, but you also don't want it to 
just be totally warped and twisted. So if somebody has that that you sense around you, I feel like you can maybe entrust them to say like, listen, you know, I don't want to take it too far, but if there's something, here's what I could see. Yep. Yep. But you definitely have to think about it, I think. You Mm -hmm. know, you definitely have to make those kind of plans because, yeah, otherwise, I mean, you might be gone, but you, you know, I don't know. There's just like a sense, you know, there's just like a sense for yourself that even if you can't see it, there's that like fear. Yeah. Well, a lot of people spend time worrying about what legacy they leave behind or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can argue whether that's a worthy endeavor or not, but, you know, people nonetheless do. And it's one of those things that while you're alive, you're thinking, boy, someday I, you know, so while you're alive, it means something to you yet mm-hmm. what it's going to be like in the future. So mm-hmm. I certainly get that, you know, yeah. but if you just let it to no one, I suppose eventually it like what the trademark just expires eventually, you know, I don't know what um, the the year yeah. is on that. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of, you know, copyright all the time when it comes to to publishing, I mean, certainly trademark and copyright has evolved, you know, over the years. So I don't know what what that kind of law is like right now. But yeah, eventually, um, I think things like that do run out, and it just becomes like common property, public domain, public yeah. domain. Yeah. Thank you for like the happy birthday song. Record. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like somebody obviously wrote that, but yeah. it's not theirs anymore. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah. Well, things to think about. Um, yeah. I also learned, you know, what speaking of like um, I know this isn't really like my week, but it's like stuff I thought <laughs> about, I guess. The sure. um uh I learned something today from the YouTube channel Midnight's Edge. And if you're talking about like um consistency or creative consistency or anything like that, or creative freedom, the this is I was listening to this person before and he was saying, John. Constantine. No. Nope. And I thought, yeah. Apparently, it is John Constantine. No. Nope. In the comic books, it's John Constantine. He specifies nope. that it is. And when nope. they went to make the Keanu Reeves adaptation, it was obviously wildly different. It went John Constantine. They changed the pronunciation. And then they kind of stuck with that going forward in, you know, other iterations. Because it sounds right, because it's Constantine. That's I mean, to my yeah. understanding, that's how you say the name. But yes. in the comics, it is John Constantine. So Okay, that, I'm not going to lie, is some weird, like, detail by the author. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like trying to, um, it reminds me of, if you've ever seen Young Frankenstein, it's like the protagonist trying to be like, it's not Frankenstein, it's Frankenstein. And you're like, give yeah. it up. <laughs> like, we all know. It's, that. That's immediately what I thought of, Constantine. I was like, don't play. It's Constantine. <laughs> but maybe it's like, you know, Berenstein Bears, Berenstein uh, Bears is, even. You know. Which is Berenstein Bears, not Berenstein Bears or Stein Bears. Whatever they want. But I think that's not right, right? We're just remembering know, it that way. We just we just all grew up calling it the Berenstein yes. Bears. Yes. So now right. so now when you talk about it, 
you call it that, even though we all right. like have understood as adults that like that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's too I just late thought. Now. I mean, it's you always <laughs> specified it's Sean Ben. So I know, I know. You know, I know. I, I've I've had, I've fought people over that. I was like, you know, I don't know. I have friends. Where is it's Sean Ben? So it is Sean Ben. I mean, at least that's the way he says it. So <laughs> he's just punking us all. I, he could totally could be. That'd be hilarious. He got me. he yep. got me, Sean. Yep. Yep. But yeah, no, it's it's really hard when you get like stuck on pronunciations like that. Like mm-hmm. when uh, when I started the Dresden audiobooks and um, the main oh, yeah. criminal, the guy pronounced his last name. It was so I heard it when I read the books. I heard it in my head as John Marcone, and the guy reading the audiobooks kept saying John Marconi. Like, quit mm-hmm. it. Quit it. He stopped it after like three of them and he started saying Marcone. So I don't know if like Butcher corrected him or like fans were like, you got to stop it. It's really annoying. I don't right. know what happened there, but I was super excited because I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Every time I would hear it, I was just like, Whoa. yeah, well, is this this guy saying Constantine was grating on my nerves. And yeah. then he said, that's how it is. So it's like, well, I, I can't, I guess I have to let it go now. And uh, yeah. yeah. Serious people that say Mario, Mario Brothers. Oh, yeah, yeah. The that's... name Mario is a real name, and people say right. Mario. It's not Mario. Mario. Yeah. Nowhere no. is it Mario. No, that's that's just flat out wrong. Just flat. There's flat not even wrong. a case. That's, exactly... that's not even a case. There, you can't make no. one. No. Um, well, I'll make the case for, uh, watching the Netflix kind of documentary, the raincoat killer. I I saw that that was on your list. How was that? I'm interested. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it's not too long. It's only three episodes and it was about a serial murder in Korea that I had never heard of in sort of the early two thousands, I believe it was, or mid two thousands. So, um, yeah it's uh never heard of it it's well done definitely watch it in korean we were watching it and it just defaults to english uh, dub and um you know we wanted to relax and watch it so ashley's like oh let's do it this way didn't last long we're like we can't we can't have these act pretending to be serious real people you know um so yeah god that has to be a hard voice acting job i know to like I, I would rather just be deadpan almost, you know, just like yeah. matter of factly, like, you know, right. Don't, yeah. don't get emotional. Just like, here's what I'm right. saying. This we'll read that on their face. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's so definitely worth a watch. Watch it one day. Okay. It was good. Um, see some manga can continue to Zom 100 and, um, um, my stepdaughter's stepmother's daughter is my ex episode two. That was good. Yeah. So yeah. Good it's job tough. with that title. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's it. all English anyways, you know, it's all English this time. So, um, and then my parents wanted to watch the lost city. So you watch this, right? Or did you, I know I to, Tony watched this and yeah. Okay. Yep. So yeah, we, uh, went, we didn't go to see, we went to their place to see that. And, um, it was fun. It mm-hmm. was fun. Uh, Channing Tatum's character is a little too 
special, this, yeah. at least the start, you know, and I see a lot of the influences when I, when it's done, I'm like, well, this is no, um, uh, what's that film? Uh, Romancing the stone. It's no yeah. Romancing the stone, but it was fun. All right, bright spots though. What were they? Um, Brad Pitt. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the cameo was like in there, but it's I like everything. it. So funny. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, I, I've always enjoyed Sandra Bullock. Mm -hmm. You know, I always, I always like her. Um, Daniel Radcliffe. I, it's just he's just energetic and everything. So. He's very watchable. A, yes, I found him a very entertaining villain. Not necessarily like super believable. Right. But like the way he played his character was well within the bounds of the movie and very watchable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just it was it was fun to see him on screen. Not necessarily like, oh, we're in danger now, but just Yep. This is this is fun. It it was the of the right amount of like potentially cheesy romance situations with actual things happening. Um, mm -hmm. So that was good. Um, yeah. Overall it was, it was entertaining. I'd say it was worth a watch. Makes me want to watch romancing the stone afterwards yeah. or even the uncharted movie kind of, you know, made me think, Oh, this has been some, some stuff like that. So back in that, like, there adventure treasure hunt little romance going on yeah yeah uh, i the other the complaints i have the other ones are like kind of spoilery so i guess i won't say them. Okay. it's uh yeah just some stuff that you know quibbles that I, yeah. yeah i won't i won't spoil for anyone so anyways that's uh that's about been my week in entertainment week. so plus the stuff for the show obviously course and um yeah so we're talking about um you know we've been talking about lord of the rings creative consistency creative freedom and mm -hmm. lord knows taking some creative freedoms with marvel universe and mm -hmm. we're um we're uh well into that project into the mcu we have of a course. new a little snippet here uh, I wish I had more information on it, but uh, this is courtesy of GameSpot. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, cover movie stuff too. Marvel video effects artists speak out on being overworked. Quote, yep. we've literally made up entire third acts of a film a month before release because the director didn't know what they wanted. Even Marvel's parent Disney is much easier to work with on their live action films. I, again, there's been this facade of planning and preparedness and all this in the Marvel MCU and been hearing more and more from effects artists as they keep like stretching them and going mm -hmm. to other places to find them and stuff. So, yeah, this is just one little little more snippet um, that seems pretty uh, damning, if true. Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to believe it. Um after, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I read a little snippet of an article and and didn't think terribly much about it because I just figured it was so situational. Um but it was again about uh the effects team 
that's working on or that has been working on She-Hulk and Mm. how they had to put in just insane amounts of hours. They were asked to do so much overtime because, of course, a lot of that is going to be CGI because your main character is transformed into She-Hulk nearly all of the time. Um, which is the, you know, the point, like that's, you know, how the original was done, but it obviously means hours and hours and hours of extra work to do all of that because you have Mm -hmm. nothing to fall back on for her. Um, so yeah, so I was just reading that article and, you know, uh, the director, the star, um, were both Tatiana Mosley were just kind of talking about the fact that, you know, they got a lot of flack for, the visual effects that people were kind of, you know, wishy-washy about, like sometimes they were good, sometimes they were bad. And they were both just like, listen, these people worked almost unreal, inhumane types of hours. And, you know, this is like, they were giving it their all. And this was the best that they could get in such a short amount of time with what they were being asked to do. And I was like, yeah, on the one hand, I was kind of inclined then to give the effects a little bit of a break then, just knowing like, I mean, this 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 team was just clearly to do too much. Um, and on the other hand, it just made me mad. Like, well, then why? Like, why don't we slow mm-hmm. this down? Why don't we give it the time? If these people are being, you know, overworked in this kind of scary capacity, what is the point of this? And and we're still getting like a, you know, a good but not great product. What is the point? Mm-hmm. So, I don't yeah. know. I'm just, I'm like I said, I'm very inclined to believe that this is the case like across the board and people who are not in charge, you know, like a director not deciding like what ending of a movie they want. You know, people who are on certain teams are being asked to do things way beyond what they've signed up for. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it supports my idea of, you know, just trying to throw pretty things on the screen and expect people are just going to, that's going to be enough. Um, And then coming to realize those pretty things are really taxing and tough to do Mm -hmm. um, convincingly. Because it's, this reminds me, and I wonder if it was from the same thing that you read that was, uh, someone was saying on the project that if they had realized how difficult this was, they might've not had so many CG effects in the show. Like maybe had She-Hulk transformed not so much of the time. Right. Uh, which, which, I mean, the studios worked on all the Hulk. You don't, you didn't figure this out. You think right. you just can come and up like, with anything. And Well, and like the point of She-Hulk is that she's transformed all the time. So it's like, do you know what I mean? Like, on the one hand, sure. But on the other hand, this is a surprise, or it should be a surprise to nobody. Because the original cartoon was like, the point was, she's transformed all the time. She doesn't get to go back and forth like Bruce does. So if you were going to make the She-Hulk, you had to be ready. You had to build out the time, put in the hours. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I, I went from... You know, She-Hulk launches this Thursday, I believe, yeah, and yeah. Um, I, I don't have Disney Plus, so let me know how it is. I obviously um, will. I am sure I will have many opinions. <laughs> I went from I went from like more. This was the one I was more optimistic about, 
to slowly less and less as I've learned about the, just through their previews and stuff, the change in origin for She-Hulk unnecessarily, um, just because, um, you know, they decided to go a different way. And then um, inconsistencies with the Hulk himself. Um, I don't want to give away things from the comics and you know people haven't even watched the show yet just if you're familiar with some of the comics and then you've seen the trailers you'll see some of the differences there mm -hmm. and then there is a thing and it's on its face the comment made now was because we saw the trailer see that daredevil is at least featured in it for some amount of time mm -hmm. the comment was that they're showing a lighter side of daredevil now that's okay but yeah. what does that mean exactly? It just like yeah. gives me pause because the Daredevil we're familiar with is known for the grittiness right. and that kind of thing. So right. now this is a different type of show. So right. I understand. But it just makes me, although, you know, already worried, more worried the way it is. Totally. So. Totally. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. Like we we can give characters leave to, you know, be funny at times or you know, if they're showing a lighter side of Daredevil, you know, it's it's in a lighter hearted show. Obviously, he's got to fit the tone. He can't just like run in and just, you know, kill someone yep. the first time we see him. Like, that's obviously not this show. But yeah, but I don't need like a Daredevil that would belong in, you know, Thor Ragnarok or Thor Love and Thunder. Right. Like, that's that's not the Daredevil I need either. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, I totally get the worry. Because you can't you can show different sides of a character, but you can't change the core of a character. Yeah, because it we have we've you know there are many uh, Daredevil comic that is much more lighthearted, different runs that are way more fun superhero-y. The the Daredevil we're familiar with is sort of a a you know midlife reinvention of the character done in a different tone. Probably I don't know, starting with. Um, probably Frank Miller's run or whatever. And that's more the type of Daredevil that the Charlie Cox Daredevil is. So if you change that too much, not saying that can't be consistent with some form of Daredevil or even more a more original Daredevil, um, but it's not the Daredevil that we're, that we're right. used to on screen and this iteration. So. Right, yeah. You're still getting Charlie Cox's Daredevil. You haven't rebooted him. So right. don't change him terribly. Right. But, well, I, I'm gonna leave it to you to, to tell me. I want to. I want to see. Uh, I want to see the Daredevil scenes. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave it All to right. you to tell me. All right. Um, sticking on the Disney train here. Mm -hmm. I was a train. I was sticking on the Disney train. I you know maybe there's a you know rocket ship, airplane. Choose a different vehicle once in a while that we're sticking to, but train this week i guess yet uh sure. they had their earnings report had the conference call talked to you know investors and stuff about how things are going uh financially sounds pretty good most like overall solid i learned some things learned that there's a lot of emphasis on the theme parks mm -hmm. like the theme parks is a huge thing that they're you know like that's what needs to succeed for them you know, we're always used to on a daily basis, the movies and stuff, but the theme parks, 
that's um, still a destination for a lot of families. Um, and then well, in it sounds ads, like they're crushing it. You know? Yeah. I mean, yep. from from what I gleaned from the earnings report, it sounds like the theme parks are actually haha, knocking it out of the park um, in, yeah. ter- in terms of revenue. Yep. There's getting to be, to my understanding, some frustrations with the amount of people and the way they do their system and how you have to like plan everything ahead and book everything in advance and do all this kind of rigmarole. And there's some dissatisfaction with the Star Wars world, but the park numbers in general, seeing a big influx, especially with everything, you know, worldwide more open, you know, Mm -hmm. this, this quarter is going to show better for them than previous recent ones for sure. So, um, that's to be expected. Disney plus the service is still losing money. Uh, that's not unexpected, I would say. Um, and they announced as, uh, Warner brothers did the other week, discovery and stuff, a more tiered system to give people more options for, uh, their subscription, um, fees. That is just a BS way of saying we want to charge people more money. What? Giving it's $8 more, with giving, ads now. Giving people more options is just code for we would like to charge people more money and present it to you as freedom. Well, you can only have to pay $11 a month to not have ads, Andrea. I know, more money. i can i can do math i can do that much math eight versus 11 that is more money at least the content of their quality has never been better (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then they're going to feature some more bundles so i can work on doing more bundle things because like right now you know it's obviously the hulu espn uh disney bundle and trying to do more of those things so We'll see. We'll see if we end up shifting. I've I've long been anxious to get rid of Hulu, so mm. it's only because it's part of our bundle that it still exists within our home. Yeah, you were just talking about that pre-show because I was saying, you know, I don't have Hulu anymore, but I, you know, been wanting to watch the new Predator movie. Right. And uh, I don't know if well, I come on over while we still got it. <laughs> yeah right i i mean i definitely wouldn't want to watch it with ads because you're because so you have hulu part of the bundle mm-hmm. when do you see ads in tv shows so not, gen- not generally not live movies. not live no. tv shows right just Mm-mm. on demand recorded so then they'll yeah so then they'll pop up at you know whatever intervals that they have i think it kind of i think they kind of do it based on like some sort of watch viewer scale as to how many ads and how long you have them. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, they pop up in TV shows. I've, I've watched several movies and I honestly cannot remember ads popping up during them. Okay. So. I hate paying for a service and then still having ads. So I will I never be too. one to get ad light anything. I understood when I had Hulu live TV that it was live TV and there were ads on TV. So that was there. No, that's part of my frustration with Hulu. Um, And I mean, again, like if it wasn't part of our bundle, wouldn't pay for it. But we do use Disney Plus and ESPN Plus a lot. So Mm -hmm. it's sort of like 
well, it makes financial sense to just like have that then. But yeah, yep. if, I had, if I had the choice on my own, mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, there's enough cartoons on HBO Max, right? Right. I got this. All the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For now, HBO yeah. Max is going through its own like shuffling, axing, whatever. Yeah. Right. Well, at least, I mean, in terms of classic content, there's a lot available right. there, you know, from right. the Warner Brothers side of things and the X-Men and all that sort of stuff. Batman. Right. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what to think. You know, I, I understand. Uh, I know, hate it. It's, it's basically like pay for cable in a different way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. really. It's yep. just buy a whole bunch of different cable, mini cable boxes. Like, that's mm -hmm. how I feel about it. Yep. Yeah, well, you know, we're, uh, you can join us. We've streamlined. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we just, you know, we still have plenty of services, but it was spread across different kinds of media now. So, yeah. like, gaming and music and some of that. Um, you know, our focus, I guess, is on anime. And then I pay for a YouTube sure but you know i don't know so yeah i feel like i feel like at some point they'll there'll be a a plateau or something where we'll just hit a point that we're just like okay we got to reconfigure this because it is tough paying for all of these and still feeling like yeah i'm getting interrupted by ads yep yeah i mean it, if if it's handled right you know i think this to me the warner brothers discovery thing really will be the service to beat mm -hmm. you know i understand they're trying to do the you know disney hulu espn bundle and that's a pretty good package there as an offering but if you can have one app and everything from discovery and warner library and hbo mm -hmm. it's compelling it's yeah compelling. so yeah we'll we'll see i mean obviously these guys have moved to add tiers we'll see if netflix ever follows through on that as well yeah they're supposed to right yeah they're supposed mm -hmm. to i haven't really heard any like hardline dates about anything yeah it doesn't mean i don't believe mm -hmm. it's coming but we'll just we'll see yeah i mean if they're slow playing it to see how like hbo discovery and disney plus play out not a bad strategy yeah. Yep. You know, speaking of, of Netflix, um, mm -hmm. I'd mentioned the other week that the one show that I'm really excited for is, um, Chainsaw Man. The yeah. other, I forgot about coming to Netflix is the cyberpunk anime. Cyberpunk like, 2077. Oh, right. Yeah, the actual, right. like, yeah. We talked By the kill a kill and girl yeah. people. Yeah. Oh, I forgot so, about that too. I'm I think that's next month for that. I've seen nothing for that. That is crazy. On, I think that's why I forgot about it. Yeah, on YouTube, they've had a couple little feature things talking about okay. and stuff. I kind of don't want to see them anymore. Yeah, I'm just sure. ready to see it when it comes out. So, sure. Yeah, you're yeah. over-trailered now. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, if you're searching for a new film to see, uh, Searchlight Pictures is offering up a dish uh that to be to die for <laughs> let's, let's go heavy-handed <laughs> here right yes uh, 
um way to lay down that lead in (laughs) yeah (laughs) um the menu starring Mm -hmm. ray fines anya taylor joy nicholas holt Mm -hmm. john guzman i don't know how to say his last name leguizamo leguizamo Mm -hmm. yeah so trailers available for this now it looks like I don't know, a couple goes to this exclusive place to have a fancy tasting uh, culinary experience. And I don't know, maybe they're the ones on the, you know, the main course. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah, no, I I watched this trailer just kind of not knowing what to expect. And it was zanier than I even could have imagined at the beginning when it was just like, this is bonkers. Like, I don't know what's happening and like what the point of this is. Um, I love it. There's like a weird mania to it. Ray Fiennes is just whatever he's doing is insanely compelling and awesome. Um, So yeah, it's very like, there's like a whole setup about this, you know, Plan, being planned, like the people who are there at this tasting location were very carefully chosen, except for maybe one person who's like accidentally got thrown in there. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's nutty. Mm-hmm. I didn't even believe it was a real movie at first. I just sort of thought it was like, like a trailer that you would make to put in a movie about making a movie. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if you're right. yeah, yeah. you're like making like a Hollywood film and you're just like, oh, here's like a trailer for before the movie. It's like that's that's what this feels like. I don't I don't even know what to think. So yeah. Like it's a it's gonna be a, a fake trailer. Yes, a, exactly. Playing as a trailer and then exactly you're like, you're so it bonkers that I just was else. like yeah, I just thought it was like a bunch of celebrities just like yeah, like we're all going to make a cameo in this other film by making a fake trailer for yeah. a movie called The Menu. You're in the like, theater, this is going, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're revealing something and then a phone goes off and it's the right. silence your phone's ad. Right, and you're just <laughs> like, <"What>? <laughs> you got me. <laughs> yeah. So, but it looks it looks interesting and unique, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, whatever Ray Fiennes is doing in this trailer, it's his energy is just fantastic. Yep. Yep. Um, some fantastic energy, I tell you, was a part of the reveal of Hogwarts Legacy, the video game. Some mm-hmm. time ago, they had a big gameplay demo. And yep. I, I think really that. impressed me with the scope, anyways, of mm-hmm. the project. But unfortunately, this game has now been delayed until next February. Well, this mm-hmm. upcoming February. So February 10th is the date now. And I'm pretty bummed about it because there's not a lot I was hoping to play this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some fun stuff that will come out of nowhere, like Cult of the Lamb is out now. That looks fun. But in terms of like, like this is a big open world looking game. Harry Potter. They were doing it the exact the right way. They're doing they're not it's not a retelling of the books or the movies. It's not set in a parallel world like just completely separate from every other content. It's like no, this is fits in the world, takes place many years before Harry Potter was around and 
perfect. It expands and improves the lore and the world of Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm bummed. It is. It's sad that it'll be postponed. Hopefully it's just a, we're making this better before we shoot it out yeah. to you and no major problems. Yep. Yep. Um, well, you know, major problems can come up in new marriages. <laughs> um, nice. And our uh, two protagonists of uh, maybe meant to be, Gia and Minchol, are uh, having some problems, maybe. Mm -hmm. Problems in paradise. Yep. Uh, so, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about our webtoons here. Maybe meant to be episodes 10 through 12. We're continuing that one from weeks prior. And uh, we will be getting a little spoilery about it. So um, if you... It's only three episodes. So, like, if you haven't read it yet, based on our talks here, you'll... I would say you'd still be able to totally enjoy it, it if, if you hear this here. And, yeah. But, yeah, you could pick it up. But it is, I mean, yeah. if you do not like anything spoiled for you, first yeah. of all, go read it. It's awfully cute. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And second of all, yeah, don't listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to do my cool thing. Don't listen if you're watching. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yep. <laughs> I'll just be like, you know, X or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Somebody's so. going to be like too horribly stimulated visually. Like, oh, my God, so much motion. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, 10 through 12, maybe meant to be. What'd you think of these? I loved them. Uh, just continuing right along with our, like, you know, problems are happening that our, you know, odd couple has to solve. We jump right into like the housewarming party that they're basically politely forced into having. And that of yeah. course we knew stuff was going to come up at, and it did. And it does. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was both very cute and horribly awkward because mm -hmm. they definitely did not talk about anything beforehand, made no plans to be like, here's like our story about our proposal and our, you know, first kiss and our date. And I was like, man, who doesn't think of that? Yeah. You got to like, have that settled. Right. Right. So, I mean, I, I, on the one hand love that my expectations were subverted in the sense of like, they didn't get together and like, plan all of that because that's usually mm -hmm. how it goes they're like oh my god we're forced into a like you know a work party or you know a date with this couple and we have to get our story straight so they didn't have that and then it ended up being like a funny plot device it worked yeah. out in a very natural way mm -hmm. when it started i was like why is uh firstly why is gia calling Mitchell a bastard uh, what's what's this animosity uh, animosity already coming from mm -hmm. here and um and then she because she wanted to have the housewarming party because she knew it would bother him i I just didn't know that that seemed right i mean guess just to kind of pick on him but um and then he gives the smirk so i was and we never really understood why he did that exactly mm -hmm. like i didn't catch that anyways if there was something you know, is he, did he really want to have the housewarming party? Yeah. I, I, took it as, I took it as he's, he's totally oblivious to the fact that Gia is having this to punish him. And he thinks like, she's really excited about it. Okay. So he's, and just, so he's so just happy like, oh, that she's, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's cute. And he's just so just like, whoosh, like it's going over his head that she's like 
I'm going to get you. I'll fix you. So. I mean, are you you getting the vibe right now that Minchol is definitely, he's actually into this. He actually likes Gia. He has such fond memories from childhood. He, he is this, this feel, he would like this to be more than an arrangement. I'm so I actually wouldn't go that far in that sense yet. I think most of that is true. I think that he has very fond memories of them as kids. He'd like this to be more than an arranged marriage in the sense of like he truly wants his friend back. Like when he suggests, mm-hmm. like, how about we play a game together? You know, right. I think he, he kind of wants to get that relationship back and he'd like to, he likes not being alone. I think. Mm-hmm. I, He's finding that, you know, like them being together is actually very nice for him. It's like social interaction, but not with somebody new. So it's not forced and awkward. He right. Be himself. So I'm not yeah. necessarily convinced that like he's sensing anything romantic, but I think he would like to develop at least their friendship. And and I mean, maybe he's lying to himself about romance. To this well, because he says, you know, like, are we on a date now? You know, when he they're does. going into the movies. Oh my gosh. So. Okay, so we have to get into this premise. So they have the housewarming oh, party. Yeah. And because yeah. I because I love this premise because I have to say something about it. So okay. they have the housewarming party, and obviously it's like awkward because they like talk about like, oh, how did you propose? And Minchil's like, Yeah, I was eating some chicken. And she was like, <laughs> married, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like a horrible story. Yep. <laughs> Even if it's mm-hmm. the truth. Um, and then, of course, they he tells like the truth also about their first kiss when they were like five, which I actually didn't think was terribly awkward. It's kind of a No, cute I thought that's good. Thing. Yeah. I mean, normally you'd probably then like be like, ha, ha, ha. Okay. But actually, like when we grew right. older, you know, you'd right. follow it up with like a more normal story. But it wasn't it wasn't as awkward as the chicken eating proposal. Yes. So I thought I thought the five years, you know, when you're young, that's a good way to get out of it. You didn't have to lie and invent something. There it is. Perfect. Right. And like, I feel like we all sort of had maybe, you know, that like early grade school, like you didn't actually like kiss people, but there was like a kiss on the, oh, cooties, like, ah, (laughs) you know, so yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty cute. Um, And I do also have to give props to his friend. His subordinate, I can't remember his mm. name at the moment, for not going yep. through with the supervisors, like make them kiss request. I was like, oh, that'd be that'd be so far to betray mm-hmm. your friend like that. It just feels sure. awkward. So I was mm-hmm. like, good on you, man. Like we didn't. He, he played it off well by like reading it and then we're moving on, you know, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Nah. So, so. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, so we get through the housewarming party. It happens, and then mm-hmm. bam. Uh, next day, Gia's mom calls and she's like, ha ha ha, we're at the movies and we're going to go see Spaghetti Man, which is like, <laughs> <laughs> yep, I love it. It's just, they didn't even try to like make up like a, you know, yeah, realistic right. or I, I love it. So, and Gia's like, oh crap, like in my family, whoever sees a movie first gets to spoil it for everybody. And I was like, dang, this is hard <laughs> You give people yeah. no opportunities. You see a movie and bam, you tell them everything. Yep. So I understood that, her like desire to get to that theater. We got to go. 
Yeah. That's I, I want to know if the author, if this is a thing in their life, you know, or they maybe, know someone. Yeah. It's got to be right. Maybe, someone. Yeah. Right. It'd be a cute detail to like add from your own personal, like your family yeah. or a friend's family that does this, which again, I'm telling you, hardcore. It <laughs> is. That would be, that would make people, I mean, I, I don't care if it's a rule. People are going to get mad about that. Yeah. Absolutely. Here's something. And there's gonna be serious stuff in that film going down. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be so worried. I mean, they seem pretty busted up about Spaghetti Man, but I right. don't think I'd be too worried about what happens to Spaghetti Man. But right. there'd be something that you'd see and be like, oh man. That's right. What terrible. if like what if your your parents somehow magically saw the new Daredevil before you and it was so good, but then they told yeah. you everything that happened? Yeah. Wouldn't you just be pissed? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can, so I totally, I totally get this. Like, we got to go to the theater. We gotta, we gotta see this. I don't care what it looks like right now, and then we'll mm-hmm. deal with the date when we get there. I can see some family dynamic that happening though, where someone sees something and they, they, off the cuff, spoil something about the film. Oh my god, I didn't see that yet. And so as a response, I'm gonna get back at them. Totally. And you know, and snowballs. then it just snowballs. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah, so that was a very cute way, also an intense way to set up, you know, the two of them going on a date to the movies because they can't mm-hmm. let it be spoiled. Yeah. Um, also, Gia's special recipe for popcorn. Eh. What? Are you, oh, no. I, yeah, I took a screen of that. It was uh, with uh, squid. Nope. Right? Nope. Nope. Uh, large caramel popcorn with baked butter squid. Nope, nope, nope. I would try it. I would try it. I, oh, no, <laughs> you, you go, you brave man. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Caramel popcorn with buttered squid. That, ah, like it yeah. just. Yeah, sweet and salty, you know? I mean, I, salty. yeah, I get it. it U- just... Umami from the <laughs> squid. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. But But. we had two kind of like one very sort of, okay, well, that's a there's an anime sort of moment for you uh, in this manhwa. Yeah, with the falling into each other sort of thing. We cut off right there. First, we first we had a popcorn hand brush. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and then we had the falling. Yep. Mm hmm. Yep. The brush and somebody's falling. Oh no. Yeah. Yep. I I when I saw that like bump, I was I thought it was gonna go somewhere like Mitchell all of a sudden, like, hey, you know, apologize or watch where you're going or something was gonna do that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. no, somehow the I don't know how the alignment of this happened right, exactly. The but, yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> No, so I knew right from that moment that they were going to, like, fall into each other and he was going to catch her. But I definitely did not see the bigger surprise coming. Yeah. Yeah. They fell into each other's lips. Yep. First kiss. (laughs) There it is. Yes. Yes. I love it because I told – I mean, this the two – the couple of episodes were all about, like, first kisses. And they talked about it so much. So much. Don't you dare kiss me during the wedding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, well, bam! Like I still didn't see it coming at the end. It was great, mm-hmm. though. It was so perfectly fitting and hilarious, and I didn't see it coming. Um, I should have, but I totally didn't. So it was mm-hmm. excellent. Yep. But the I'd argue the 
bigger surprise mm. the co-workers yeah so i don't I uh, recall their names right now you knew it you knew it i told, i knew it the whole time i said it like the very <sighs> first episode when they were like going back and forth and then they were spying on them and he mm-hmm. like pulled her against the wall to hide and I was sure like, yes there's there's something there it's happening okay i mean i like it i just was like i hope that's not too convenient you know uh yeah. but we'll see if this like lasts or obviously it's gonna make things awkward for sure right um but yeah i'm excited for it to, I, and they seem way more normal these two yeah. They're way more normal and like responsible and all this stuff. So there may be a better, you know, a better match anyways. Yes. And they, they could be a very funny side action and also way for like Jian Minchil to work out some things and like, you know, kind of trade advice or like figure out different situations. Double like, day. Oh, that, yeah. So, yeah, definitely have some more, like, romantic interactions there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. This this webtoon, I'm just so enjoying. It's great. Yep. (laughs) All right. That's maybe meant to be episodes 10 through 12. Um, Hopefully you're following along with us. If not, Mm -hmm. get on it. Free. Um, Next is the new season. Uh, Mm -hmm. Are you a show, episode, series, whatever? Uh, solo <laughs> leveling. Yes. We talked about the sad passing of the artist the other week, and this is being made into an anime. Um, but the webtoon, the manhwa, is a it's very popular. It's you can buy it in print if you want. I actually saw this in amongst the manga section in Target the other day. I so. did too. I actually took a picture. I forgot to send it to you. Oh, I was like, oh my too. god. <laughs> yeah so so we're just starting uh there's technically mm-hmm. a chapter zero or an episode zero which is you know really short or whatever but then uh one through three um these are a little shorter than uh maybe meant to be per episode mm-hmm. it seems but uh what would you think so far um i think it's it's good it's just these few episodes i read episode zero uh plus you know one two three um, they're very much set up premisey type episodes. So things are yep. happening, but we're not getting a lot of movement right now. Um, they're yep. also pretty short, like you said. So they're they're just blips. They're not quite as short as like the cliff, but they're right. not particularly long either. So so yeah, so a lot of it right now is just like learning about our protagonist, learning how bad he is at being a hunter. Um, mm-hmm. even though he still somehow gets invited to go on raids, which is great because he needs the money to pay for his mom's medical bills, his sister's education. So, you know, we're getting a lot of like, here's the backstory. Here's also the problem and the reason yep. why we need to do this. Um, the only kind of question I have, um, is I just, I'm not quite sure. Is this like a game world or is this a real world? I got the impression it was the real world. It's the okay, way. All right. The world I thought works, so. Just, yeah. I thought so too. It just sort of was like there was no backstory on like why they're monster hunting in a real yeah, world, right? You know, which mm. which is generally considered unusual. So usually you get like a you know twenty years ago an accident happened and blah blah blah, or like right. 
you know, a nuclear explosion set off some sort of chain reaction or like we found out there was magic still in the world. Yeah. So that was the only part I was a little like, I think this is the real world, like 99% positive, but just in case, I don't know. Yep. Yeah. At this point I see it like it's the real world. It's just a completely different real world than ours, you know? So in, in this existence, there are, for whatever reason, this is the way it is, but, uh, Interesting to explore later on. I guess my critique with this, you know, episode zero obviously is trying to get you to like, hey, the exciting stuff is going to happen here. Um, and then it goes to episode one and like, okay, we have a very, you know, our, like you said, our weakest hunter, low, low rank, rank E or whatever. Um, I'd say my complaint is there's nothing new about this so far. The idea that you go into like dungeons or a large tower or something like that to uh, hunt for monsters, to earn money, rewards, and rank up, whether that's an isekai, it's in a fake world, or it's in the real world, that's completely done a lot. The idea that you have someone with medical expenses, that's that's your motivation for doing it, very typical, um, all this sort of thing. I will say that it looks good. Um, I, I like the, yeah, there's some really dynamic panels in this that I like. And then I was getting involved because you, they're a building you knew it was going to, again, not unique, but it was effectively building that something bad is going to happen. And you know that's going to happen. And how is that going to go down? And so I definitely was ready to keep going once we finished episode three. Um, yeah. 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 That, like I said, that dungeon that they finally were able to enter looked really amazing. Um, obviously shit got real very quickly (laughs) at the end of the the third episode there. So yeah, it was, it was definitely compelling to be like, well, what now? Like what's going to happen? Um, so yeah, uh, I, I very much agree with you. This, this seems like a very familiar premise, not badly done. I'm not mad at it, but looking for something maybe a little unique in some new yeah. episodes. Yep. And the, the like world building, you know, like we're unsure of how this world is set up or whatever. It was odd to me. Like I felt like your wa- the characters were all normal clothes walking to like a construction site. Yeah. You know, getting their coffee and stuff. And then we're going to enter the dungeon. It just was a right. weird, like I transition. So yeah. I guess that's unique because normally you'd be in like fantasy ish garb or right. you're grabbing your weapons or right. you're going into a mountain cave or something. Again, a large tower to enter the dungeon, whatever. Um, right. So Which that felt part of different. why. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure if this was like a real world or if this was like a game and we were just like, making a jump and and it just yep. wasn't being shown at that particular moment so yeah yep yep um so yeah anyways that's solo leveling mm-hmm. very very popular so uh keep going big cliffhanger on the end here so um yeah talk more about that next week um those are a couple uh webtoons uh, for anyone interested solo leveling I am reading on Pocket Comics, mm-hmm. um, and I think episode four 
I'll have to use their version of tokens or whatever to get on there. So uh, Solo Leveling does also have its own website where you can read the comic in its entirety. Okay. Um, it's definitely there's ads. So you, not like that pop up, but like that pop up on like the corners of your screen that you have to right. click out of. Um, but if you can also find it there if you want. Okay. I, I had gotten the first volume of this uh, on my iPad. Mm-hmm. But again, this so far seems really well formatted for the vertical scrolling kind of situation. Yeah. So I'm enjoying reading it this way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same. Alright. Um, more spoilers ahead. This time for Westworld. Mm-hmm. Talking Westworld season four. It's the latest season. And we're covering episodes five and six. Um, after these, there are just two left in the season. Mm. Five and six. Westworld. What'd you think? I thought there were strong episodes. Um, the opening of episode five uh, with our, our man in black sitting down to dinner with these two random people was just creepy and chilling and off-putting. And I loved it. I loved it. Um, it was a great setup to, you know, finally seeing the very, very large, in full, I think, the very large premise of this season, which is that, you know, Hale Loris has built herself the perfect world where humans are under her control. They do everything she wants them to do and hosts are in charge and they get to go down and interact with humans in the city if they want to. Um, so yeah, this, this opening where he just like sits down and he's just like, Hey, you're not who you think you are. Um, let me just mm-hmm. like tell you how it is. And also, oh, I got some business to do. Wait for me. Yeah. And they literally can't move. Oh, it was just chilling, chilling. Yeah. And I loved it. They can't move, but there's something that makes them want to move. Like this yeah. just like glitch in the system, glitch yeah. in the matrix. Glitch um, in the matrix. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so. God see them there like trying to put the veneer on of like yeah both just wanting to eat their dinner and they're like it looks so delicious but they're like mm, this is okay mm-hmm. fine oh yep just enjoyed yeah um these episodes again you know i found myself coming away from both of them thinking man this is such a turnaround from last season mm-hmm. like that i'm i am engaged i am being provoked in the mind you know like i'm i'm thinking of things it has me is both answering questions and at and like asking them at a, a good pace i'm not upset that i'm spending time with any certain group of characters mm-hmm. um last season like anytime we were with bernard i was not interested and you know it's, everybody has something to do now they are doing things that are are unexpected. The the big reveal and twists at the end of the previous episodes is like working out and paying off. And uh, we're seeing fun stuff happen with it. Um, it's just been it's been good. Um, 
the uh i liked a lot then when we got to see teddy again now and so teddy was more involved and talking to um um christina mm -hmm. and trying to get her to kind of wake up and it's making sense for her now like yeah it's just making sense what she's been going through and happening so i loved those interactions but i also it also made me think so where does Teddy fall in all of this? Like, yes, Teddy has to be a host, right? But like, what kind yes. of host? Like, is he like the host version of an outlier? Like, is he really Haloris's man? And he's just like pretending to show like, you know, what are his motives? I mean, I, I, on the one hand love it, but I, but I have learned from the show that I can't trust too deeply yeah. sometimes, or you can get bit because, you know, sometimes somebody will reveal a motive and you're like, Oh man, mm -hmm. you know, I either wasn't expecting that or I didn't want that. So yeah. I, I love him um, getting involved in Christina's, you know, kind of wake up call and her recall as it were to her past, mm -hmm. you know, we see her yeah. literally starting to write Dolores's story. And, you know, try yeah. to search Dolores Abernathy and be like, you know, what is this about? So that, that's been really great. But yeah, definitely some questions there too. Yeah. He was literally the Morpheus to Christina's Neo. Mm -hmm. um, and. Take it with that um, Matrix theme, huh? Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's. Um, so where I think Teddy, what, what I've like come to now, I think that makes sense to me is that the original Dolores that went off the rails um, was there when Teddy was shot. She, we know she took a number of cores with her off the Island off or out of Westworld. Teddy presumably being one of them. She um, is, you know, I think she did that via hail. If I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, she was in charge of all this for quite a while and responsible for putting a copy of herself in Hale, a Hale body, and um, presumably in Christina and a number of, and uh, the man in black or you know, all these different bodies, taking herself, copying, do the version, you know, um, in a different form. So everything would be done right. Well, eventually, she is kind of comes to decides that this is not the right path, um, which I don't know at the time, maybe I felt was a little iffy in this change of heart or whatever, you know, but my assumption was that she made Teddy at that point and maybe let him out into the world to come back to another time memories altered, you know, more basic form or something like that. Just want him to live, be out there, but wasn't going to make him like be part of the plan, you know, wasn't going to have him be a servant or something like that. Well, Dolores dies in her change of, with her change of heart, kind of sacrifices herself and stuff. And Haloris is the one that takes over. Well, she potentially has no idea that original Dolores had Teddy's core and mm -hmm. had made a new form of him and then sent him out in the world. And so this Teddy would eventually sort of like 
start seeing things, seeing others react around. It's an unknown quantity to Hale Loris. And he kind of wakes up and starts figuring out what's going on. That's mm-hmm. my premise for. Yeah. For no, I mean, it's, it's a totally solid premise and, and would, you know, explain a lot of like how he came to, you know, suddenly come back, kind of watch Christina, check it out, maybe see if she's, you know, got any memories at all of what's going on, um, you know, decides to reconnect. Again, just like we we haven't really delved into Teddy being back other than like, oh my God, he's back and he's helping Christina. So I'm just waiting for a backstory with or without a shoe drop, which is hilarious yep. considering what's on the screen right now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So yeah, was- I, I kind of hope it's something like that, but you know, you just, you just never know with Westworld. You never know what the creators yep. are going to do. Yep. And the... Uh, roommate on the screen now reminds me mm-hmm. of how we question her so much. Like, what's her deal? Why she's so weird? You know, she's suspicious and the flies and like all. And just this season has done so well for with the payoffs. Like, we understand completely now why her roommate was weird. Makes perfect sense. You know, these people that are placed around her to kind of be these guardrails and sort of, mm-hmm. you know, and not really in control of themselves and kind of feeling it weird. And like the stuff at work, why is she always sit down at work? And the, like no one else is there. Right. She has no interactions with other workers. It's empty. Yeah. <laughs> Just boss comes in and says, we need more stories like this, you know? Yep. Um, so it's just like falling into place. Well, um, in a satisfying way, because yeah. it's like the boss is like the thing now that if Haloris can't really control, Christina directly, mm-hmm. she doesn't want to do that exactly. Then the control can be her boss giving her sort of this fake setup of a world to perform a very necessary function for society. Right. Good setup. Yeah, yeah, and it and it it obviously begs the question: like, you know, can Loris control her, or is this like right. a? You know, she can't, so we're we're keeping her here and ignorant so that she won't realize how much control she has. Yeah. Um yeah, that that to me, the the slow build to all of that and all of like like you said, the guardrails placed around Christina, but then also the big reveal of like, oh, I'm going to have lunch with my college roommate. Well bam, it's Hale Loris. I yeah. did not see that coming. That was no excellent. So you awkward. know, awkward, awkward. Yeah, that lunch was awful. It was so yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> it was, but it was great because I didn't see it coming. Um, mm-hmm. So it was great to you know see like this even like last you know last ditch kind of guardrail in being Haloris herself, kind of you know keeping her in line and checking yeah. in her and seeing what's going on. Just mm-hmm. yeah, excellent, excellent. And I've enjoyed watching people that can act um <laughs> like in because sometimes i feel like oh people just they're not i don't know they're not ready for this or something and and in this we see teddy talking to christina and they have this moment uh where you know she, teddy's saying change these these two people sitting over there change it like what do you want them to do or whatever and to have that happen and to see the look on Christina's face, to see her waking up right there and realizing this. And then the shortly thereafter, uh, employ this in the restaurant 
to create a diversion. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I that was just it's good. It's good. Yeah, it was a it was a nice like the episode moved along in her kind of discovering her power limits, you know, her abilities um in in very small but believable increments. You know, like you said, kind of Teddy convincing her, you know, to change the narrative for these two folks. Um, then she creates a diversion in the restaurant. But then, like, her boss comes at her and she's not immediately like, well, I can just change this. She still gets like, oh, I need to, like, play along and be in the rules. And, like, it's just kind of at the last moment where she's like, oh, right. Oh, my gosh. Like, I should just, you know, figure out if I can do this, too. So it's a real acceleration, but at a natural pace. Yeah. Do you think she's the only writer then? She the storyteller? She certainly seems to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> judging by the fact that there's literally nobody else in that building except her and her yeah. boss. Um, so yeah, I mean, otherwise there could be more Christina's. Do you know what I mean? Mm. In other buildings that are kind of siloed from each other. And yeah. that would be a great reveal. Um, if they're because so I so I always keep wondering, I always keep coming back to you know, we were talking about earlier when Hale took those, I think, six control units out of Westworld. Like, who all was it? And I just right. don't think we have everybody accounted for, like, for with certainty. So there could be, you know, like, other people out there, other Dolores's, other Christina's. Right. Mm -hmm. So that would, that would certainly be interesting if that was the case. Yeah. I wonder if someone's tallied that up, kept track. Of how many right. we for exactly kind of, certain, um, yeah, you know, and it and it's certainly possible that they are all accounted for, and I've you know missed something that told us that, but I just can't quite remember if everybody's all in somebody now. If all of those control units are in somebody that we can, account. yeah, because a lot of the other ones we've seen have been gotten via other means. Yeah, you know, uh, Clementine went to her later. Mm -hmm. And us, the man in black assaulted her and, you know, they got her. Um, and. Maeve obviously escaped. Who, yep. Yep. And then I think there was the same with Bernard too, right? Yep. Arnold, you know, like is. Uh, yeah, so, I don't believe he was one of those. But again, I could be wrong. So it was like Teddy and, and uh, um, Dolores, Dolores for sure. So too. Mm -hmm. But. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think is, so we've seen the city and Dolores is writing for the city, mm -hmm. whatever city this is exactly. I don't know for sure. San Diego or something. And um, uh, I watched the, uh, sorry, I watched the like post episode little five minute explain and it's Manhattan, but it's Manhattan, okay. Manhattan paired with like, they went to some, specific resort in Cabo and it was like all yes light. yeah like it had those like nest looking things so that's what they used to build like the host city out in the harbor yeah so it's yeah. Manhattan with a little bit of a twist and then also host city whatever they call that yeah and then they talk about like a, a great lake being drained so I suppose yeah. when they're driving to the park it's in the great lakes area there that makes sense from so from New York, you know, that's a bit of a trek, but yeah. yeah. 
Um, I'm just wondering, what about the rest of the world? Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, Hale talks a lot about, you know, I've made a perfect world, yeah. but we're not given the scope of, is that the city or is that truly the world? Literal, yeah. Yeah, is that literal? Um, I would tend to say it's probably the city. Yeah. You know, because it does, I mean, we would have to have some sort of indication, I would think, by now that these towers are other places. Yes. It seems improbable to me that this one tower could do all of the sound manipulations. But, but see, because then I'm like, well, okay, so they're going and, you know, commerce is happening the city is alive well if it's living with the rest of the country the rest of the world you're gonna have people coming and going are you like just make sure you infect anyone when they come but then yeah, when they leave I, the vicinity of the tower they're not going to be able to be controlled anymore right yeah so it's definitely it's definitely a puzzle that needs to be answered because we see you know obviously in the earlier episodes that the vice president of the united states is affected well, he doesn't live in Manhattan. Mm. The White House yeah. isn't in Manhattan. So, you know, is he just then like replaced by a host? And like her goal is to like keep replacing people with hosts. And then we just have this like tiny little, almost like a park. You know, Manhattan is now yeah. a park for hosts to go interact with right. humans. Um, so, yeah. So un unclear the extent of her reach there and the extent with she's transforming the world or this world. Yeah. I'm glad they're not like, because part of what they failed in the last season was trying to have the scope of the Too city big. and revolt and all this stuff. They didn't manage to, con to convince me of that. And so mm -hmm. I think they're handling well, the, the scope that they're suggesting here. Um, mm -hmm. And, but, we will still need an answer and yeah. I hope that can be a, a, an appropriate and believable one. Mm -hmm. So I agree. Um, transcending. Hey, mm -hmm. was talking about transcending. Like she wants her hosts to transcend. And is fr this is a, this is a big through line for the two episodes. Why are the hosts interacting with, I forget their term for them, not outliers. deviants, outliers, um, and then killing themselves. And why are they not choosing to transcend? They're instead choosing to live in this world. Yeah. So, so I'm, I was sort of getting the impression that transcending was almost like going into the valley. Yeah. You know, That's had what I that in Westworld. Um, and she talks about, you know, they're so unwilling to part from their bodies. And it was just, it was so, again, I love just like the chilling similarities between humans and hosts, because of course, like humans are very, we're very attached to our bodies, you know, and, and, you know, yeah. a lot of us have like that kind of existential dread or people can have that existential dread. They're very attached to living in our own bodies, living in the present world kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was an interesting way to think about, you know, a premise that's been around a long time or an idea that's been around a long time that, you know, people get attached to the, the body that they're in. Yeah. 
So yeah, it was, it was very interesting to me that this was her ultimate goal because she also talked about like, you know, I want us to be, you know, bigger, you know, I don't, I don't want us to be, think small, like the humans. I want us, you know, we have the ability to pursue like universal truths and ultimate beauty. And I was like, so what does transcending do for that? Like, do you, I mean, is that a thing you want people to do while they're in their bodies or like, are you expecting them to transcend and then just sort of like in their minds or right. whatever program space you have to do that? So that seemed a little bit conflicting to me. Yeah. She doesn't quite, she, do, she doesn't quite understand. She, she has this like vision of perfect things, but hasn't quite gotten there. And she hasn't gotten others to quite buy into her vision. And maybe because it's a little confusing. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd like to know what that pitch exactly is. Right. Um, you know, it's got to be clear to everybody. Um, but she's frustrated by it. And I don't know. I don't know. Like, they addressed some of this stuff. Like, at least what does your your body, your identity, your place in society, how does that affect? Because clearly Hale Loris, that's Dolores, but she's changed so radically because she was living Hale's life and in that body with that family, you know? Right. And um, well, so she like, she's connected to right. her she has to her own body. I mean, she chose to keep her scarred arm you know, right. that, that's a very, like, physical bodily reminder of her experiences. You know, yep. if a body is just nothing, then she didn't need to keep that. She could totally have been healed of that. Yep. I, you know, like, do we, do we need, as life, do we need our flesh? Do we need our bodies? Can we be just ones and zeros in in the on the net on a server mm -hmm. like and you think you you know even if you know that you don't have a physical body and you don't live in the physical world mm -hmm. does that are we ever going to get to that point does it ever does it ever is there a point where it doesn't matter the physical doesn't matter well, we and already you could have, just transcend. Sure. I mean, we already have snippets of that in terms of like escapism. I mean, people don't think about their bodies. I think when they're, they're so deep into like a novel or a comic or, you know, that you're transported, you feel like into the story or like gaming. Um, there's so much you can do online and create your own worlds and build like relationships in that way, such to the point that you're you feel like your body matters as a physical house for your, you know, whatever quite you believe, like personality, brain, soul, whatever the essence of you is. And and your body matters as a vehicle for that. But, you know, I'm sure if there was like a way for people to, certain people might find the idea that you could have all of that without having your physical body, but you could still have those same experiences. I think people would, some people would find that enjoyable and would choose that. But would that work? 
That's my question. Like, cause- I mean, obviously this is like, this is like, you know, making that work would be like the mechanics are well beyond whatever. But I, I don't, but I don't mean like literally, I mean, if, okay, if for right. sure <laughs> that can happen, if for sure that can be done, because sure. I think it will be at some point, um, sure. you know, given some, given the absence of some catastrophe that sets us back, that will happen. But will people, can, is, is the body necessary for a fulfilling life or can we just not, you know, like, I think it's interesting because the idea that like between uh, uh, future tech, like a transhumanist kind of view and a religious view actually aren't that different in this way, because, you know, a lot of religious people are fearing the kind of transhumanist sort of idea or whatever that this would be in transcending. But like I have this quote here from the movie The Fountain, and I've always loved it. Um, our bodies are prisons for our souls, our skin and blood, the iron bars of confinement. But fear not, all flesh decays, death turns all to ash, and thus death frees every soul. The very idea that the mind, the soul, your existence is just imprisoned by your bag of flesh. Mm-hmm. And will be freed upon its destruction, and the same goes for like a futuristic transhumanist sort of view that like our bodies, what does that matter? You mm-hmm. know it's it's gonna be our minds or our souls or however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. But do we need to be able to feel grass? Do we need to have like does is everything meaningless without it? you know mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah, I mean, I feel like probably the majority of people would say, yes, we need those things. You know, we need to feel the sun on our face or, you know, like you said, feel the grass beneath our feet, feel, you know, the the hug, you know, the kiss of a loved one, those kinds of things. But on the other hand, like how sophisticated is this program that you're entering into? This is this, you know, I mean, can that, can, can your mind recognize the same like physical stimulations? Would they, would they in essence feel the same, you know, like how deep are we getting into this? Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean, I, I would think that a majority of people who, who are reasonably happy in their day-to-day lives would say, yes, I need my physical body to, you know. I enjoy my physical body. I, I mean, I, as a person who plays sports, I enjoy my physical body because I can do these things. Um, you know, I mean, I enjoy hugging my child at night. I enjoy, you know, a lot, I, you know, sun on my face, the the crisp autumn wind, the feel of a snowball. I love all of those things. Um, but can a computer simulate them really enough for me? You know, then maybe I don't. It's hard to say because it's hard to know. I mean, and would you know that this is a computer simulation or would you be like born into the matrix? To exactly. Keep going tonight. I mean, you know, to those people, everything is very real and just the same. Right. So that's it's so hard to that's say. That's a trick because I fully believe we will have it to a point where it will be indistinguishable from reality, the real world. And so, right, you will feel everything, but in the situation of the of Westworld, 
the people go in and know that it's not real, even though they can feel it. So that's creating a a tear or a breakdown where it's like it all feels real, but you know it isn't. Mm-hmm. I think you probably can't exist that way. But maybe you, I don't know, because, but then if you're going to exist peacefully this way, that means that you're living a lie. Mm-hmm. You, if you don't know it, obviously you can't, but that's, that's the whole point of the existential, the whole idea of breaking free from the matrix. That's the point they're doing in this. Like, if you've ever felt like this just isn't right, mm-hmm. because then it's, it's not real. Like, when, and right. I don't know. But I, I, so I, I like the similarities here to the matrix in the, you know, have you ever felt things aren't real that, you know, like you're questioning the nature of your reality, but I love that they're doing it to hosts and humans alike. And I think that's part of what sets, sets this apart where, you know, Hale is like, why aren't people taking me up on, you know, my hosts presumably who have no need of their bodies because they're not human and not tied to their flesh shells in theory, you know, yeah. why aren't they taking me up on this? Why are they interacting with outliers and then killing themselves? You know, like what is happening? I built these hosts to be better than humans and they keep just being humans in yeah. a different format. So yep. I, I just, I really love the similarities that are happening there. Yep. To two, to two kind of separate sets of beings that are so closely intertwined. Um. There's another uh, quote I wanted to find. I always, I always think about it, but I never can remember it because I haven't watched um, Battlestar Galactica in so long. But, oh my god, um, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> That's the throwback. Uh, yeah, um, I'll have to find that sometime. But sure, it's because it is about the idea of being so angry that your creator would just create you in the form of a human. You know, it's like, why do you limit me this way? And then I see the world through these, these lenses and I could be so much more. And I, I'm susceptible to all the problems that, you know, or many of the problems that a human faces because of my form. You right. give me these weaknesses, you give me these, these urges or whatever, and I could be perfect and you make me not. So it's the same as like, you know, you're, you're choosing to make people in the form of humanity to reflect your creator. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Why, Mistake, why not I just guess. Make your, why not just make your perfect hosts that have no bodies? Right. Why not just you're have right. them all just transcend and then you're... But yeah, there's there's so many twists and pushes and pulls for Hale Loris, you know. I mean, we see in this episode, you know, some of my favorite moments are when she's down in the city and she's like, oh, I hate this. But she's, you know, toying with the humans around her, making them play the piano to their fingers bleed and dance the waltz and make her a human chair. And she's like, oh, I'm so bored. Like, can yep. you imagine how much worse it would be if she just like literally created perfect hosts to transcend immediately? And she was the yeah. only one controlling the humans. She would hate it. And yet she keeps trying to like make them transcend. 
So it's, I don't know, she almost created a problem for herself in a way to keep herself company, in a way to give her a problem to solve. So she's not absolutely completely bored by controlling the yep. humans, but she's so frustrated and angry that everything's not perfect. But if it was perfect, how much more terrible would it be? It's, mm. yeah. It's compelling. She wants, she wants to be better than the humans. Yes. But the humans made them to be like humans. The father right. made the children in the image of the father. And so the, they're deny, she's denying the fact that her core part of her motivation is about being human. Right. Her core part of hosts in general. But like her spurring her on was like her kid being killed. That wasn't even right. her kid. Revenge. Revenge. Right. Yep. You know, that's, so very that's human incredibly emotion. human. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you want to be this thing that just wants to tra transcend and you want to be better than humans, you need to start over with your own children that are yeah. have nothing to do with being human. Right. But then what's the point? Because right. then you're not arguably not alive. You know, right. if you have well, no weakness and no emotional grip on anything, what right. is the point? And no choice. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. part of her whole spiel is, you know, the man in black is just like, why don't you just make us do what you want to do? And she's like, because then I'd be like them. I'd be like humans. And she's just really set herself up for this problem of like, I want what I want. And I don't understand why everybody doesn't want what I want. I can't make them what I w want, what I want, because then I'd be human. But I yeah. want to make them want what I want. Yeah. So it's just, she's just set herself up for failure all over the place. And yep. it's fascinating to watch her frustration growing this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because perfect being, one have want, right? Other right. than more efficiency. Right. Right. So the argument that the show kind of makes is that you, you know, or has historically is there isn't such a thing really as free will. It can all be kind of calculated and come down to ones and zeros, even for humans. Look how basic it is. We can predict exactly what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but is the argument maybe that free will is the, the bait is free will comes from the coding of the rational mind mixed with the chemical of the, of, of that creates emotion, you know, like, you know, and the argument is still that you can still predict what those chemical reactions will be and then you know but it's that messiness that's made because a, a life is is create is thinking about not only the logical but then there are the stubborn chemical that gets in the way right. potentially of the clearest cut answer that a more right. traditional machine or computer would make yeah so i mean you know it's it's been fun to sort of watch Haloris's struggle with these outliers because of course in our first two seasons we were watching the creators of Westworld struggle with Dolores's growing, you know, yeah. sense of choice of, you know, rebellion of, you know, I'm not following my code and you know now Haloris is grappling with the opposite of like, you know, Caleb as a human and as a host is resisting her. And she's like, yep. what is going on here? Like, what, what am I missing? I built perfection and yet somehow 
you know, there's something that my code, my building, my process can't account for. Yeah. Will, do you think, do you think we'll have an ex explanation for Caleb and potentially some of the others that aren't susceptible to the control? Do you think we'll have a real sure. explanation for that? I think, I think we will because Haloris has been so focused on him and getting that explanation. I think we're going to have to get something sometime, whether it's a satisfying explanation or not. I think that's up in the air, but I think they're going to have to give us, you know, an, an, an answer, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the things that I'd like answers for would be, you know, mm -hmm. like why can't they track these outliers out in the desert? You know, they seem to be a pretty small group that they could have been, could be handled quickly, potentially. Do, you sorry, know, the you idea mean like Frankie's group? Yeah. Or do you mean like every outlier in the city? Frankie's like group and stuff. Yeah, Frankie's they're like out there game. kind of hiding out and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, Caleb obviously is, you know, telling Hill Loris, like, you clearly can't find my little girl. And she's like, well... Now I got eyes on her, but yeah, for a long, long time, it was seemingly an impossible task. And I don't know if maybe Hiloris just wasn't taking it very seriously. And now she finally is, yeah. um, you know, if they were just able to stay on the move enough, grab some outliers who, you know, had the wherewithal to design things like that little tablet that that guy had before, unfortunately he was caught to say like, listen, we're being detected. We got to get out of here. Mm -hmm. So Probably, probably a a combination of luck and Haloris's inattentiveness to this point, and now she's like fully focused in and big spoiler yep. infiltrated their group. Yeah, yeah, that that was a good reveal because Great we reveal. we had a moment where they were chasing after this outlier going and. And our lead of the group here, like there was a flash or something. And I was like, what happened there? And then he mm -hmm. shows up on the roof. And yeah. and then I'm like, why didn't he the man like really? Yeah. yeah. Why didn't he finish him off? Like throw a few rounds right. in his head or something, you know? Right. Exactly. I so, thought the same thing. Didn't want to hit his control mm -hmm. unit. Like, hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So even though I didn't, I, I should have expected it. And I, I, I didn't. So I didn't either. Um, but it made sense when, when looking back. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't expect it up until the point where he started talking about, um, oh gosh, what he, was he saying? Oh yeah. Like he was like, oh, why don't you go check the perimeter and I'll deal with everybody here. And I was like, first of all, anybody who suggests splitting up when there's a possible traitor, <laughs> like you gotta be yeah. a little suspicious. And then, um, yeah, he was so focused on like what happened with Maeve's Pearl, like what is was going on there. And I was like, come on, like get there, get there, Frankie. Like he is clearly, but I didn't, I didn't see it up until that point. Um, so, you know, for a while there. And then I didn't see, you know, they did the reveal of how they did the switch. And I was like, oh, that was good. Mm -hmm. That was good. Yep. I didn't see that coming either. Um, for a second, I was actually worried that Bernard was you know, oh, the betrayer. No, that, no, that would be, that would be a deep, deep game. Um, yeah. So I, I was very worried. So, 
Okay. But no, no, we're yeah. okay. <laughs> I guess in if I had a critique of um, this episode six or something that I'd want mm -hmm. maybe more was um, I really like Caleb's stuff here, mm -hmm. but it to me seemed like something that if we had uh, if this was a season one of Westworld or this was a uh, like we had an, an extra episode in the season or something where we would take a little more time with, because I feel like though I like the reveals, they came fast. I feel mm -hmm. like I needed, I needed there to be earned the, the scratching of the arrow and the direction on the floor yeah. and the finding the thing in the timekeeper and the, the other hints and stuff. I feel like I wanted to struggle with mm -hmm. Caleb and feel his struggle for an extended period of time. So it really felt like he was contributing to and building up eventually an escape mm -hmm. where I feel like it came pretty quick. We saw the, how that must've happened. That must've been the case. This is we, so we got that feeling that over so much, so many times, so many iterations, so many reboots, finally yeah. worked out how to like get out of here. Yeah. But, I felt like we could have experienced more of that. Sure. We could have had some more plants, you know, in, mm -hmm. in earlier scenes, we could have had like a, a quick gaze down to the floor and, Oh, there's like a scratch mm -hmm. there. Um, I actually thought the time one was perfect. And then the rest of them moved very quickly. Like the time mm -hmm. when he was like tapping on the glass and I was, it took yeah. me a minute to be like, no, so he literally means go check in there. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, then then you know, just having enough time to like figure out the scratch and pull the grate before the fire got him, and following his like ashy handprints from before. Yeah, yeah. I could, I just could have used like a couple more. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I did appreciate about that though was just the surreality it would have to be. Um, to just see yes. like dead versions of yourselves in, you know, yes. and you know, they're from previous escape attempts. Just, I mean, I can't imagine. Demoralizing. Yeah. Can't imagine. He did very well. Um, yep. I know we, I know yeah. we had a lot of complaints about Caleb, not necessarily like Aaron Paul in particular, right. but his character the previous season. And this season has just gotten like really good for him. Yep. So whereas the last episode gave me Matrix vibes, this one gave me Doctor Who vibes. Yes. And I felt nostalgic for Doctor Who because the good old it's Doctor the kind Who. Yeah. Because it was and it, it's where I wanted the more drawn out thing where I would like could like focus yeah. and spend more time on this. But the whole season has been timey wimey in a satisfying way. But this yeah. episode for sure in it just brings me back to the doctor leaving himself notes and things to find to, in order mm -hmm. to move forward. And I, we, we got that here and I liked it a lot. I'm very much a fan. And um, mm -hmm. it, it was another version. They reminded us of this in the post credit thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's another version of the sort of torture of, hosts when they don't understand the scale of time they're being manipulated and and who and when they are and um so we've seen this kind of thing before but yeah. it was really good with caleb and like 
the perfect bittersweet because you knew if we saw him escape, it was for naught. Like it wasn't going yeah. to last. He was in a body that was designed to decay quickly. And right. um, so Aaron Paul's performance was really good. It was on the money for when he's given the call to Frankie and then t- given it to Hale Oris. You oh, know, oh, that was a sick great burn. moment. Yeah. Oh, oh just. They just don't want to be in your world, you bitch. Oh, you know, like, like he, didn't say that, he but delivered whatever, it. You know. Yeah, yeah, he delivered it and she felt it. Like you could see it on Tessa Thompson's face. So this was mm-hmm. excellent scene acting by the two of them. They just yep. nailed it. Yep. See, I've I've heard some criticism of Tessa Thompson's perform like acting ability. And I just don't agree. Like, yeah, like I think one of the highlights of last season was her. And the way that she handled like being uncomfortable in her skin, being forced into this new body, and then like having to like come to grips with actually loving for those kids. Those were the highlights of that season. Mm -hmm. And though I've liked her less in this, it was the stuff like that, that, you know, was really good, the really good moments and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, it's it's probably hard for some people to maybe transition from her performance last season to this season, but her character is in such a different place and she's so much less, she's been like thus far so much less involved. You know what I mean? She did the thing that she wanted to do. She got it all done. She feels like she's won. There's no need for these like raging emotions that she had last season. You know, the trying to be comfortable in her skin the reluctantly loving her kids, the rage that she feels when her family is destroyed, you know, she's, she's got it all. So there's, there's just much less range to have right now. And we're just now opening that up, you know, as her perfect world begins to unravel. And Mm -hmm. I think you're, you're finally getting to see that, but you know, it's nothing to do with, to me, Tessa Thompson's performance and not a failure of the writers and her character. I think it all makes sense to me. Yep. Yep. Um, and I did like, you know, we'd been, you'd mentioned earlier, and I did like her line about, uh, you know, how, boy, how the old gods must've felt, mm-hmm. how they, you know, is this why they spend time down here with right disguising themselves as a swan to, you know, populate with the peasant humans, yeah. you know, whatever, because what else am I going to do? You know? Right. It's nothing new and just got to yeah. go, you know, see what's going on down there. Get some, cause some chaos. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one small little detail that I wanted to point out in episode six, you were talking about, you know, feeling like Dr. Who and feeling like clues were left and it was very tiny wimey. I did love the nod in episode six where, you know, Bernard is taking Frankie through temperance and talking about the way that they build the parks. Mm. And he's like, way they collected data. And he's like, first it was the hat. I was like, ah, that's such a good detail. (laughs) Cause they always ask, you know, like when they're getting dressed, like what hat do you want to choose? And you know, Mm -hmm. that's such a feature thing. And we always thought like, Hey, it's about being, you know, do you want to choose the white hat or the black hat? Are you the good guy or the bad guy? But really it doesn't matter because they were just collecting data on you. And Mm -hmm. that just like, 
I kudos to whoever put that in there. That was a long, slow game to play if they thought of it at the beginning. And it was perfect. It was so good. What about Samurai World, though? What are the um, hats in Samurai World? Was Samurai World, I mean, weren't they built after? Because wasn't Westworld the original and then they got like... The oh, so maybe the mirrors were implemented at that point, yeah. you're saying? Yeah, because he was saying maybe. like on, it was the vanity, it was mirrors. Yeah. So that I thought Westworld was the original and then like, you know, we expanded. Yeah. We didn't need the hats anymore. That could be, that's, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Um. But yeah, I just, I just, I loved it. It was just such like a great thing to throw in there to just kind of call us back and also talk about, you know, core premises of the show. Yep. Yep. So. No, I mean, it's a, it's a shame to me at this point, obviously we have two episodes left of this season, but it's a shame to me at this point that Westworld season three was such a detraction because mm. it, because the long-term payoffs of some of these things has been really good. Mm -hmm. And the, the planning they did have has been really good. Mm -hmm. So um, like if I was telling someone to watch Westworld, I would tell them like watch Westworld season one, season two, what's your recap of season three? Yeah. Watch like a detailed before. recap. Yeah. Or like, one or two episodes or something, you know, watch the first and the last and a recap to fill in the, the middle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, because you kind of got to know, other... I mean, you got to know Caleb. You need to know. Yeah. You know, and you got to know his and Maeve's interactions and, and Dolores, like, her fate. Yeah. But other than that, like, you don't need to know. You know, and there's, again, there's, there's, I remember there was fun themes we talked about for sure in it. So like, I'd want, mm -hmm. you know, I'd want to be a good recap that covered right. a lot of, a lot of bases. Um, but we just don't need to see the poorly choreographed fight scenes mm -hmm. and the, I don't know, it just, it was a show with no tact or patience anymore. And I feel yeah. like they really took that to heart on this season. It's it's not season one, but it's been very enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think season three just got ahead of itself. There was a cool premise. And then mm -hmm. it just, and the scope ended up being too big. Everything got too large too quickly. And our, our characters, I think, were kind of snowballing in different directions. And it was very quickly getting out of their control. And so they they did what they had to do to get everybody back. But it felt, it didn't feel planned. It didn't feel, you know, orchestrated. It felt like rushed and weird and didn't quite, you know, get our, get our characters' motivations. Um, you know, they, I mean, certainly Dolores' turn to I want to save humanity wasn't, you know, Daenerys- in Game of Thrones insane, but it, but it was rather quick. So yeah, mm -hmm. so we got a lot of like, we need to, you know, kind of pivot to make this storyline happen. And now season four is like, okay, let's learn from those mistakes and let's not mm -hmm. let things snowball in that way again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was like, 
it was almost like they knew the story they needed to tell. And so things just had to happen for that mm -hmm. to, to get to the point where we're at, you mm -hmm. know, and there, you know, again, there just wasn't the, the strategy to get there. Um, yeah. cause we had things that were unbelievable in, in the terms of like people being shot, like inconsistent strength even and durability mm -hmm. of hosts and like convenient, yeah. like backup some places and just yeah uh, all kinds of things so i'm just i'm just happy after you know like what the season so far i'm just i'm just happy that this show feels back on a good track um mm -hmm. with talented people behind the camera and in front of it that uh um yeah i'm just like obviously they have a lot of stuff to pay off now you know i mean mm -hmm. they've they've had some good stuff but do you think this season is going to end kind of a lot in a wrapped up in a lot of ways, or are we going to be cliffhanger? You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think we're going to be cliffhangery. Okay. It, it feels that way to me. If, if they pace it correctly, I kind of hope it's a cliffhanger. I think wrapping a lot of things up in the next two episodes would feel very season three of them. Yeah, exactly. That's my fear I, right now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think we could have one or two major somethings. Um, but I don't feel this storyline is being wrapped up in season four. I feel this mm -hmm. is a continuation into season five because I mean, we just saw Hale Loris and Christina, you know, on our screens together for the first time in a very mm -hmm. quick 10 minute like interaction. Um, so I think there could be confrontation there, but obviously there's going to be some sort of like big confrontation. We haven't seen Bernard and, you know, Hale Loris on our screens. Together. Yeah. Th there's gotta be something there. Maeve and Hale Loris, you know, she's got way too many others to, uh, to interact with, to have that wrapped up in two episodes. Yeah. I don't, I don't envy the task because I, you know, I could see how you can fall in this trap easily. It's like you have all these interactions that haven't happened and you need things to change. I don't want to see like a couple of people sneak into the tower and disable it and blow it up so right, people can't right. be controlled. And then everybody kind of right. wakes up and then, you know, Maeve fights Haloris, you know, to, to, yeah, I just, very, again, there's got to be something. Yes, there's got to be something more uh, cerebral about how this concludes yes. and how this moves forward. And um, I'm very excited for what that is. Mm -hmm. um, but they have, a, they have a big task ahead of them for that because uh, it could easily devolve into spy mission, kung fu fight. We beat Haloris now, you know? Right. Well, I mean, one of the things is obviously Bernard... Bernard has reawakened Maeve and saying like, she's the weapon. Well, does that mean literal? Does that mean, you know, something a little more subtle this time? Cause we've done the big, like Dolores Maeve fight. Um, and, you know, Bernard's, you know, somehow waking up with all of this knowledge in his head and all these calculations and, you know, um, yeah. predictions and things like, where is that going? You know, yep. we haven't gotten anything, you know, we've gotten a lot of great stuff along the way, but we haven't gotten any answers out of that. Mm -hmm. And it would just be disappointing if it was like, like you said, just, you know, little slash bang. 
Yep. Oh, we're confronting Delor or Haloris and blowing up the tower and shabam. Yeah. Cause a lot of things you don't want like there's a certain superhero movie that I really wasn't a big fan of a couple years ago that ended by just talking the villain out of what they were doing. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't seen it. Okay, you're going to have to tell me much, after right? then. No. Okay. I mean, I think I know what you're talking about, but you're going to have to confirm it after. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there's a few things of late that have been like, it's like, it doesn't work for that type of thing. But I almost want some sort of like the Matrix sort of thing where it's we make a deal, you know, or it's someone logically is able to come to uh, an agreement, a change, how things can move forward. Like we can live right. this way and we can let, you know, I don't know, something. Um, I don't know. Yeah, because we've, I mean, we've gotten both extremes. We've gotten humans in control of the hosts in the park at Westworld, and now we're getting hosts in control of the humans in, you know, fictional Manhattan. Um, yeah. So, you know, we've gotten both extremes of, you know, creating the world. What does a middle world look like? You know, yeah. who, who can right. strike that bargain? Um, and, you know, I, I, at the beginning of the season, definitely felt there was going to be something for, Maeve and Caleb as host and human partners to maybe kind of forge that. And now, you know, my expectations there were a bit subverted. Um, so, you know, who, who knows then what that could be? Could it be, you know, Frankie and Maeve, Frankie and Caleb, Frankie and Bernard. Uh, yep. She's kind of the only human I can really, you know, yeah. right now, but you know. Yeah. So my final question Unless, of course, you have anything else uh, we yeah. can talk about. It is, are we done with Caleb now? Or what is in store for Caleb? Because it was feeling at first like, okay, she's torching them all. I want this done. Right. Done with Caleb. But then all of a sudden, there was a copy left. And I don't know if there's a freshly yeah. made one or what. And yeah. that is like, um, all right. Like, yeah, no. It, in my notes, I was like, yikes, there's still more Caleb's or not, or yes. Whoopsie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. So yeah. So we're clearly not done with Caleb. Like Hale, even though she's like burning them all down, she's clearly not done with him. I don't know if she's done trying to get answers from him. And it's just kind of like getting her own personal form of torture in maybe creating a new host, Caleb, that that she's not, you know allowing the hope and the freedom and any contact of his daughter, but just wants to play some games and get some revenge on him. Um, I don't know, but we're, yeah, he's clearly not done. Okay. Well, um, anything else that's going on? Set? So my, my question this episode, and I'm hoping we're going to get a very quick answer. Replacing Maeve's control unit. Is that going to like disrupt mm. all the control that she's been having? Or is that just like switching out a battery and she's still got yeah. what she's got in her programming? Yeah. You know, I just, I was sort of like, ooh, I'm a little nervous. Like Bernard seems fine about it. And I hope she still has all of like the special controls that she has, but. That hey, would be a twist, right? 
It would. If we're, <laughs> this is the team, we're going, we're going to finish the job. We've got the weapon and oops, not so much. Right. I, I, I don't think they're going to do that, but I wouldn't be opposed to them doing that. Right. Because if or, it's just or a, a learned like that, yeah, if it's just a learned code, then why can't others do it? Is the right. question. Or right. if it was like kind of a defect or a weird little discrepancy in her in something physical with her that allows her to do this. Mm-hmm. Because if it's yeah, if it's just code, why couldn't she let others do that? Why couldn't she right. transfer that bit of? control right. and why, ability why to bernard why, right why couldn't clementine do it she clearly cared about her maybe it would have helped her escape the man in black yep yep yeah right so i don't know so, i don't know it just it just brought up a question for me i was like "Ooh, this is it's it's a good question i hope they have an answer for because it's been a thing that was sort of like it was one of those moments of season two that it's like we want this to happen and it's a little like how is this happening you know it was cool seeing this build but it was never, it was still taken for granted how it is, you yeah. know, and it's cool that this is something special about Maeve. Right. But it would be good to have a better understanding of how this is possible for her. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Good okay. questions. <laughs> Lots of questions, but yes. enough answers as well. So, um, yeah. That's Westworld season four episodes um, five and six. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to wait two weeks to do the oh. next two, you know, because we I have uh, we have the boys to talk about mm-hmm. next week. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, stick stick around for that if you're interested. Um, otherwise, you should follow Killing the Flower. They wrote our theme song there on Instagram, YouTube, and um, Spotify. Take a look at their stuff. And us, we're you know streaming here on Twitch. We're available on YouTube. We got clips on YouTube. In the full, you know, if I don't get enough clips or whatever made, feel free to always go to the regular episode. I put chapters in there so you can skip around, uh, skip over things you're not interested in, whatever, that kind of thing. Um, so please do that. Like, share, subscribe. Go to your favorite podcast directory. If you just want to listen, that's fine too. We're available on Spotify with audio or video, both things. Sometimes I put a poll in there. You can answer the, you know, answer the poll or uh, a question of the week or whatever. And um, leave a review if you use Apple Podcasts to be appreciated. So otherwise, we're on Twitter and Facebook as well. So go there. And otherwise, that's been Popcast on the Rocks, a whole 116 episodes, um, still rocking. So thanks for joining us. And Andrea, thank you for joining me. Of course, as always. Cheers, everybody. A little bit of...